0: I have a, I have literally abnormal amounts of caffeine every single day. Some days I'll just drink enough caffeine to kill an elephant.
1: So you immediately go towards murder elephants?
0: Yeah, they drink enough caffeine to like kill an elephant because like you feel like you've ascended. And some days you need to see God. So that's when you should drink as much caffeine as possible. Right. Yeah.
1: So on those days, what time you go to sleep? I don't. Boys and girls, it is I, the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual the Chisel the He is a serial entrepreneur, Filipino Prince Tycoon, tycoon. Rene Renee Lacan. And this is We Are Assiduous. Assiduous. Alright. Man,
0: I'm getting good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, ro- it's
1: rolling. It's it feels rolling. good. Now.
0: I know it's coming. The only difficult part is the diligent, really meticulous, sagacious analytical deed. <laughs> but what's crazy is what I'm realizing is your audience, they know it.
1: Oh, yeah. They oh, know yeah. it. Oh yeah, you know what's funny? No, not six people. 3 people in total I've ever met like in public who have been able to recite it back to me. Oh my
0: god, are you the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, well, analytical? Could, could you imagine that individual, individual the Chisel Adonis? Yeah,
1: it is it is I. It is I. <laughs> I'm actually I it a right? serial actually no, I think you got it right there. The oh, diligent, vigilant,
0: nine. meticulous, sagacious, analytical oh, individual, conscientious. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the diligent, vigilant the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, conscientious, sagacious, whatever, yeah, analytical... D- diligent,
1: vigilant, meticulous... Sagacious. Sagacious, conscientious. Analytical, analytical, yeah, yeah, something of the that nature.
0: The Right, but three people have met Banger. me
1: in, in, in person and have been able to say it without having to stop to think, so I found that very, very nice, because it's a lot of word salad, but to be able to say that in one take, especially just watching, because uh, I don't say it in every video, but...
0: I feel like there's Pretty a marketing dope. lesson here. There's a marketing lesson here. Perhaps. It's branding. Because think about it, if you get some, no one has ever come up with that. That's strictly your thing. Right. So when people hear that, it's instantly you. It's audio branding. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about.
1: I got that from wrestling, being a pro wrestling fan. Because mm. growing up watching The Rock, stone cold if you smell everybody knew it's a, yeah. is cooking stone cold and that's the bottom line because stone cold said so triple a i am the game and
0: all this other stuff i got two words for you suck everybody well, the had craziest those part, things those superstars the influencers the people that make it big mm-hmm. they have very distinct Qualities that make them them, right. like Gary Vee, like hustle. Right. Like, everyone knows what that is. Like, <laughs> Why you gotta say it like
1: hustle? <laughs> <laughs> like he's a weasel. Yeah. no but he really does say hustle. That's his thing.
0: Fuck hustle. that. Hustle. 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 You have to eat shit for ten years. hmm I'm gonna buy the Jets. Like that's his thing. He's branded himself perfectly, right? Right. Andrew Tate's branded himself perfectly too. He does the like top G. Like, Haram. Yeah. Brokey. You're broke. <laughs> You're broke. yeah mm-hmm. This Andrew Tate, like. Jordan Peterson's branded himself very yeah. well. Why is that? You know a lot of things <laughs> of that nature. So it's know? like these people that have done it—they've created these personas. The fact that you can imitate them just goes to show that they mm-hmm. built an entire audio brand around. Right. Them. I think about that a lot. I'm like, damn, I can't. I'm not imitatable, which which makes my stardom go down a little bit. Mm. You have like people can imitate you. That's interesting. That's so an when interesting you're imitatable take. and people know. Who the impression is of mm-hmm. your stardom goes up
1: i would i would say so yeah because let's say if somebody wants to emulate you or somebody is they're really into whatever it is they draw inspiration from you and imitation they consider that like the highest point of flatter so since that's yeah. the case all right if i want to be like this person i'm going to do what they've done and what's the first thing that you can do is probably try to imitate them. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. So if you have like, let's say if there's a certain thing that you do, a move a certain sort of way, and now you do that move, somebody who also knows where it's from, hey, wait a minute, you must watch and immediately- Brandable. Yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that's where brand comes into play. A lot of people,
0: they don't recognize how, how different avenues you can take there, to get to a so brand. I a brand. I think about that a lot. I'm like, what can I do to make me specific? To something random. What have
1: you done your entire life that has, and ca- no, I don't want to say carried you, but what have you done that's been somewhat of a conduit throughout your entire life? What have you always done? whether it's been You have to explain eight, what conduit 13, means to me. I um, didn't go to college. Well, something that's like, like, no matter what has since changed in your life, this is something that you still do. Like something that you have done in like eighth grade, all the way up until 12th then now, first year of entrepreneurship, years later, like despite how much money you may have made, the different locations that you have lived, different cars, different personality, different ego, whatever the case may be, there are certain things that have still remained from when you're a child. So if you can identify what those are, those particular kind of quirks, whether it be the distinct kind of laugh, whether it be a particular kind of joke, whether it be like a callback kind of joke, uh, something like that, well, I mean, can't go wrong with that. You
0: know? Latinas, that's been the conduit.
1: Mm, Latinas, <laughs> from from which age did it begin?
0: Eight, seventh, eighth grade.
1: Seventh, eighth grade. Not even that, like seventh, okay. well, as soon as
0: I started liking girls.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it was know? just all immediate. Latinas. Yeah. Interesting. All right.
0: Maybe so. it's because I'm from LA, but Latinas for sure. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of Latinas in, in yeah. LA.
0: Yeah, and then I Miami so. now. LA then Miami. Right. That's been the the congruent brand. They migrate up. Because people place. make the jokes too when they see me in public. If there's one thing I think about a lot, when people see me in public. Don't make that joke. Mm. Like I, when someone recognized me in public one time, they went up to me like, ha, ah, Latinas. I'm like, yo, that's crazy.
1: Dude, that's something that you, could, you could. Now make that- I
0: branded myself like that. You
1: you're know? the Latin, you're the Latina guy.
0: No, but I have a girlfriend now, so it's like it's not the same. I can't it's almost she like removing.
1: She's Brazilian. Yeah, she's she's La- Bra- Latina. Yeah, yeah. Latina, yeah, that makes sense. Latinas. Yes. All right.
0: It's not like plural, it's Latina.
1: Go as Latina,
0: yeah, not, not as... keep it plural, leave your <laughs> options
1: open, at least for them, they don't know. I mean, they do, okay, it's on your social media, you can't hide it, but yeah. still, you know. Yeah. One way or another, that's something that you could run with. Um, cause that was one of the things that I had to think about when I was thinking about creating a brand for myself. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking to myself, man, what is something that can separate me from others well, no, you're you're you start. just
0: a, You're unique though, cause you have a character, like your, your vocabulary mm-hmm. is eccentric, yeah. Eccentric.
1: Yeah, you said it right. You said it right. Eccentric. I'm
0: proud of you. Your vocabulary is eccentric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Round of applause audience, yeah. round of applause.
0: Uh, you have a deep voice. You're very energetic. Mm-hmm. Like the other day you put up a YouTube video. I watched it, bro. I kid you not. I watched it, and I, like lately, my ADHD has been bouncing off the roof. I can't watch interviews without zoning out. Right. I watch your entire thing, just cause you don't know what you're gonna say. Right. You be throwing some words in there just to throw them in. It's like it's like extra, you just do it for extra credit. Mm-hmm. Like the teacher says, use, like you have to get extra credit, you just throw the extra credit words in there. But it, it keeps people like sucked in.
1: Right, in 2018, when I was um, making, I was primarily, heavily, I was doing um, rant videos in my car. Well, yeah. yeah, I think I, did I have my car during that time? Yeah, I had my car during that time. So I would do rant videos inside the car and basically, every minute and a half or so, I would say something that would captivate the audience to keep the attention there. Because like you said, ADHD, people just emit, it's like a mile a minute, you wanna go somewhere else. So since that's the case, you don't wanna be in a situation where you're creating videos and it's very monotone, Mm -hmm. and then it gets to a point where it's somewhat boring. Like you can be the most informative individual on the planet.
0: But if, if you boring, don't
1: have a charisma you know a bit of charisma behind you if you can't captivate the people who are watching they'll just oh this guy's boring i'll go watch something else yeah. so you have to throw in either words so wait what did he just say or throw in a joke or you say something outlandish or maybe you increase the the tone of your voice so it's like I've, I've studied with all of that
0: i think that's one thing that that i have really good i have no filter so i whatever comes to my brain it just comes out of my mouth right pause right um
1: but, yeah, good anything balls,
0: any, anything that comes out of my brain, it just comes out. So, great example, right? We were sitting in this kitchen, and our friend was talking about, like, oh, something with his dad. And I was like, haha, I didn't have a dad. Right, And right. I remember he just started breaking yeah. down laughing. Yeah, that was hilarious. Because it's so out of pocket, mm-hmm. but that's what works. In, and that's another thing, too. Like, I think that's part of my, my character also, because people build off their trauma, right? Like, mm-hmm. for me, I didn't have a dad. Right. And people look at it, oh, so sad. When I see people like, oh, I, I didn't have a dad, I'm like, motherfucking... I didn't have a dad. LeBron James didn't have a dad. But we became great. Right. So you have to let that trauma fuel you. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I don't know. I think people... Um, one, just a segue, you have to be a little bit out of pocket in order to captivate someone. Right. But also, two, those negative things, you can use that to fuel you. Because I know, for me, like, just a segue, growing up without a dad made me a monster, made me a beast. hmm So... What do you feel like fuels you? Do you have a lot of trauma in your life? What yeah, fuels you?
1: Childhood trauma, there's two moments in my life. Two, mm-hmm. two pivotal moments that I think helped me pivot in the mm-hmm. way that I navigate. The first one, well, actually, I should say second, because um, the first one was ultimately my dad getting sick. Because um, I've had moments where, like, I had a... I was in a choir when I was younger, and then my mom said she was gonna attend. My dad, he already told me he couldn't come because he had to go to work. My mom actually called out of work that day. She said she would be there. She ended up not attending and i remember i was the last one who was on the on the stage so it was like a movie like i could feel the sad violin despite the fact that it was happening in real time i'm watching everybody because the parents had to come and collect the children so every it's like oh wow timmy's dad is here he's gonna take him home oh monica's mom is here she's gonna take her so i'm just standing there and say i'm the last one and the teacher's like well where's your mom I'm like oh well that's a good question, so I'm, just, I'm standing on stage, it's, oh boy, she's not here. So I had moments in my childhood where that happened, but so, the most pivotal one was um, I was entering eighth grade. It was September 4th, 2007. My father damn. Um, was heading to the hospital. He went to go yeah. check himself into the um, the hospital, or perhaps go to the emergency room, but I think he was gonna check himself in because we had went to Niagara Falls a couple of weeks prior, and he had been feeling under the weather. Till this yeah. day, I have no clue what the diagnosis is. I think. Perhaps Perhaps it was a cancer or something of that nature. But still, I have no clue. I don't know why my family's never told me. I've been searching for the paper, the medical reports, can't find them. But um, he checked himself into the hospital. He was in the hospital for six weeks. And when he was in the hospital, he had lost, I believe, between 60 or 70 pounds. So I looked at him damn near become like skull and bones, pretty much. And it it was incredibly traumatic at the moment because at the time, I've always had a two parent household, but my dad ruled the house like with an iron fist. So it was like there's no relationship. I go to work, I provide for the family. My mom went to work too, but he was still like the head Love of the me. household. Yeah. So since that was the case, it's like, well, you're here, but I don't really know you like that. Mm-hmm. And I never looked at it like, oh man, I don't know my dad or anything like that. I just thought, hey, that's the regular family dynamic. But when I saw him in the hospital bed and there was um, a moment in which he did fall into a coma, but we were on myself and my brother were on our way to the hot, well, on our way to his room. We were going up the stairs. I remember seeing my mom running outside of the room, mm-hmm. calling for help and all that other stuff. I remember me and my brother looking at other, what the hell's going on over there? So they held us and shielded us away from the room. So it was like, that's when reality came in. Oh wow, my dad could die and I had no relationship or anything of that nature. So that was one of the traumatic experiences because I'm there like, man, I have no real relationship with this dude mm-hmm. or anything. It's like, oh, that's just my dad. So what I did was I ended up fueling that towards building, uh, being able to captivate, or I should say cultivate a relationship with him. Then over the course of many different years, it was my sophomore year of high school I was sixteen years old. I had just well just finished off more years the um going into the summer. It was like two weeks after my birthday. I remember sitting on my front yard with my dad telling him, Hey, you know, I'm gonna make it to the NFL, I'm gonna make all this money, y'all not gonna have to work no more, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do all this other stuff. Failed at everything. Yeah. Never happened out. And then the second turning point moment for me was two years later, November twentieth, two thousand eleven, my last high school game, right? And I was not this Massive, amazing athlete. I was so run of the mill average, whatever the case is, right? And it was our last game. We were in the playoffs, this is the semifinals for the right to go to the championship. And for me, this was everything because I had lost at everything in life, mm-hmm. right? I had never won, never got to like the finish line or whatever. I was never number one. I never had that opportunity to be like, I'm number one, right? And I think in sports, it's very unique from every other career path or extracurricular activity whatever the case is because in sports you have a champagne popping moment where you can say we're champions there are certain you know fields where you can do that but primarily sports is like the number one in that area Mm -hmm. so you play to win the game as hermit edwards would say right and it mattered so much to me i was a dude who was in the basement training like three hours after i get home from school i used to do 300 push-ups a day for six straight years, yeah, crazy. just going crazy, and I'm just envisioning mm-hmm. this moment. I'm like, man, we're one game away from play- and you, everybody has the daydreams of hitting the game-winning the shot, one. catching the game-winning touchdown. And the week prior, we were up by one, and it looked like everything was unfolding in the um, in the first, I guess, wild card, if you will, mm-hmm. game in the um, postseason. We were able to put them away and win the game. Yeah, and then in this game. We're trailing by one point, we're down 19-0, we come all the way back, now it's 27-26. We kick an onside kick, we get the ball back, our offense is on the field, and I'm just there like, yo, this is the moment. Like, we're gonna get the game-winning touchdown, we're gonna go into the end zone, and I had never in my life been optimistic. This was the first time in my life I had been optimistic. So I'm like, I can envision going to the championship game where one, it's like a minute, 30 seconds remaining. We're a few plays away. We throw an interception, we lose in that moment on the field everything everything stopped everything changed but there was a moment in the game and this was the turning point that truly shaped my entire life right where it was a third down and long I'm playing outside linebacker I can envision I'm getting goosebumps right now and I can envision it it's third and long and I talked to my defensive end and I asked him I said hey should I blitz here because I know what play they're going to run. They're going to run a wheel route running towards the um, the left-handed side because they ran it earlier two quarters before. And I was a student of the game, so I knew it. And he said, ah, I don't think you should, just in case they do anything coming backwards. I said, all right. The whole time, I'm thinking to myself, just go, just go, just go. Because when you think of the best players who have ever played, you think of the Kobe. best people, yeah. right? They've always had that dog, moreover, they had that... Just fucking go. You don't need no permission. You may go make a play. And I didn't do it. I stayed and Mm -hmm. I dropped back into coverage. And I'm counting in my head. One, two, three. It got to seven seconds. I could have made it there. And all the dude did was throw the ball out of bounds. I could have made it there. And then that sat with me. It haunted me. After we lost the game, that's the only thing I could think about. Still, till this day, that's what fuels me. Because I'm like, I can never not bet on myself. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment, that was one of the opportunities that I actually was cognizant of, having the chance to bet on myself. Yeah. Because even if we had won, if we had lost, or I should say, if the play was, if I had sacked the quarterback, or they had, you know, went back the other way and found a completion or something, then it's on me, and I know it's on me. Versus living in that what if realm.
0: Yeah. I, hate, I, I agree with that. With basketball, I, I feel the same way, right? Let's say mm-hmm. we play basketball, and I pass up on the last shot. Even if it's the right play, and someone misses the ball, mm-hmm. I live with that, like, fuck that. I should have just shot it over five
1: people.
0: 100%. Taking it myself. Because at least if we lose, it's my fault. Exactly. I take control of my destiny, mm-hmm. right? Because even at the end of the day, if I pass it and they miss, it's still my fault. It's not their fault they miss. It's my fault for giving them the ball. So I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I think a big part when it comes to a lot of the, the trauma uh, leading you mm-hmm. is you have to let that turn into an emotion. Mm-hmm. So trauma itself will not lead you. But allowing it to turn into an emotion is powerful because for me, right, I grew up with no dad. Mm-hmm. And I see people that grow up with no dad and they become products of the system. For me, I let it make me angry, right? I'm angry at the world. The world's not fair. Why do these kids have dads and good lives and I have my mom and she can't afford anything mm-hmm. and my life sucks and I'm broke. And that anger is like, okay, fuck that. I'm gonna change everything. I'm not gonna be broke. Like I, I use that anger to push me mm-hmm. harder. And when you go to therapy, you lose your swag. Like you, I think we talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, it's you like it dirty, yeah. you know you no longer have that anger. So it was it's kind of fucked up. This <laughs> is my intrusive thoughts. I thought about this one time. There was I got in trouble for this. Still probably gonna get in trouble for this. There was a girl, we was I was talking, there was a girl, she was venting her traumas, mm-hmm. and she goes, I got touched when I was little. And me, <laughs> I just started laughing. Cause and it's not because like it's funny that she got touched, but it's like I'm weird, like when I see something traumatizing, I laugh. Same. So,
1: same. So it's yeah, like if I, if I hear something I'm
0: like, oh, I got like my legs blown off, I'll be like, like I'll yep. laugh because I can't process the emotion. Exactly. Correctly. So this girl was talking and I'm sitting there and I remember like, you know when you're not supposed to laugh, but I was like, like doing this type of thing, like mm-hmm. you're looking trying your
1: hardest not to, yeah. And yeah. Looking, and then
0: it's even worse because my boy was there too. And I was looking at my boy and he's doing the same thing. Oh. We're, we're both like, And like, trying to make faces, so I had to walk away, because, like, this girl was, like, yeah, I got touched, and it ruined my life, and me and my boy are sitting there like this, like, like, Mm -hmm. about to laugh, so I had to walk off, but the thing is, that girl, she could be, like, oh, my life is terrible because of that, and I was never the same, or she could be, like, I'm angry at this, and, like, make something out of it.
1: Right, because you have to find a way to overcome, you have to, because ultimately, it's, like, what's the alternative? Yeah. Right? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna let this dominate you and then redirect wherever it is that you're going in life? Or do you wanna take command and control of the situation despite that it could have been something that's completely out of your control? Let's
0: say someone harms you, right? Right. Are you gonna let them harm you for a week of your life? Or are you gonna mm-hmm. let them harm, harm you for the rest of your life? Right. Right? So someone, let's say someone does something bad. I get screwed over in a business deal and I go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Not gonna, never gonna happen. But let's say it happens. Uh, Am I gonna be like, blame this person? Oh, it's cause he ruined my life and I'm never gonna be the same? Or am I gonna say, you know what, fuck that. Like, I'm gonna get even richer than I was before. Mm-hmm. Fuck this guy. That, cause that's the way I feel. No matter what happens, I'm always gonna overcome. That's the only option. What other option do you have?
1: You don't. You, you don't. There is because because you're going to either let this demon, you know, stay where it is that you're at, because no matter what it may be, because there's different tiers. Of course, with dark humor, you'll have to where you can find humor anything. But with any sort of trauma that one might have, you have to find a way you have to find a way to unlock, yeah. you know, and put that away so you can move forward. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it comes down to just being able to take accountability in your life. Right. Because, again, even if it's a situation to where it was out of your control, you're now in the driver's seat.
0: It's still technically in your it's control, still,
1: though. No, no, it's it's in your control to move forward from there. Cause you can't just stay there. Like even yeah. let, let's just say, unless you're in a spot where it's like, all right, you're a prisoner, you're underneath somebody's rule. They could always run away. Things could be t- uh, tough, but would you rather be in the stuck here in the trauma or try to escape from it. Now, mm-hmm. it's not easy, it's incredibly tough, but try to develop a plan when you're going through it. Because people will go, oh, that's very tone deaf. You have to be able to empathize. No, I am empathizing. But ultimately, there needs to be a solution. Every problem has a solution. You have to mm-hmm. identify the solution. You can't sit there, know that you're going through shit or you've been through some shit and you refuse to change the fact that the shit is controlling your entire well, life. that's
0: why it's called battling your demons, right? Exactly. People say, like, I'm battling my demons. Like, bro, you are battling your laziness. That's not a demon a demon is is true trauma yeah right a demon is something bad has happened to you in my case i had no father going up that's a demon you battle Mm -hmm. if you say i'm battling my demons no you're playing playstation all day that's not really a demon you're battling that's like Mm -hmm. your fucking laziness so naturally it's called battling your demons because it's difficult it's supposed to be difficult right life is not supposed to be easy if it was easy everyone would do it Mm -hmm. but those people that want to be great that want to live extraordinary lives like there's going to be a mountain for you to overcome and you should look at it as like, okay, here it is. This is the battle that God has given me. I'm going to overcome it, mm-hmm. right? You have to look at it as a challenge. Right. I tell people that all the time. Whenever you have any hardship, don't look at it as a hardship. Look at it as a, as a challenge to overcome. And when you look at it as a challenge to overcome, your entire perspective changes. Mm-hmm. Because it's no longer like, oh, no, poor me. It's more so, okay, how do I do this? And at the end of the day, once you overcome that challenge, a bigger challenge is going to be in front of you. Right. Right? The, the more successful you become, the bigger your problems become.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. People think, wow, well, man, I'll, I'll, I'll make all this money. I'll become successful. Now I won't have any issues. <laughs> you just got bigger issues. Your issues are worse. Yeah, it's like more money, more problems. Literally more money, more mm-hmm. problems. But then your capabilities of dealing with the problems now increase because you've worked through those muscles. Yeah. Because it, it's like if somebody wins a lotto, now all of a sudden you have all these different money problems. You have all these different you know, uncovered traumas that you haven't dealt with you think the money's just gonna solve everything. It's not, because you ain't worked through those muscles. So Mm -hmm. if you now work through when you're at the bottom, and then you grow, as you continue to grow, you now won't be affected by those minuscule things that was holding you down 10 years ago. You've now been able to move past. It's not easy, it's always gonna be difficult. Mm -hmm. It's always gonna be difficult. Please don't think this is one of those situations where you can just, all right, it's gonna be overnight. It's day and night. I feel like shit today, I'm gonna feel amazing tomorrow for the rest of my life. No, it's always going to haunt you to a particular degree, It's how you deal with it. You have to set up a plan, set up a game plan, make that happen. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they talk about, and I've seen in the comment section, people talking about accountability or stuff like that, where whether it's I I feel like I'm not in control or I have no direction, I'm not too sure where to go. There are certain things that you have to do. For one, self-reflection. Identify in your life where things may have gone awry. Mm -hmm. You find out what you could have done differently in those moments. Mm -hmm. Then own your mistakes, no matter what it may be. That, that aids you in having the perspective necessary to go and grow.
0: The thing is, the biggest difference I see with rich people, successful rich people and other people, rich people, they take accountability for everything in their life. Yeah. Every single thing that happens to you is your fault. It doesn't matter what it is. Your girl cheats on you. As a man, if you're accountable, you say, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? Why did she cheat on me? Mm-hmm. What, what part, what aspect was I missing, right? Mm-hmm. I think the issue is a lot of guys be like, well, she's a hoe and they blame stuff they can't control. Mm-hmm. She was a hoe, that's why she cheated on me. Well, it's your fault, because if she was a hoe from the beginning and you dated her. Exactly. It's your fault that you got cheated on still, Exactly, right? you, didn't, or, you
1: ignored the signs. You
0: ignored the signs. So accountability with successful people, they're accountable for themselves, everything that happens. If a guy rear ends me, right? It's my fault, I wasn't paying attention. There was an aggressive driver behind me. Mm-hmm. He might've bumped me, but it's my fault because I didn't pay attention that he was back there in the first place. What can I do about that? If I get screwed over on a business deal, it's because I didn't protect myself in this business deal. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things that you have to look at, but successful people take accountability for everything. Even things seemingly out of their control, they're accountable for it. And that's what yeah. makes them successful because they control every aspect of their life.
1: A hundred percent. That's the biggest takeaway across the board when it comes to accountability. Because people, mm-hmm. oh man, it wasn't my fault with it. Like, especially with the rear ending. You're just, you're just driving, you're just there. Somebody come... Hits you right there but what could you have done differently yeah there's always that even if it seems like it's a situation where you've done nothing find a way where you can hold yourself accountable and learn from that mistake mm-hmm. because they always what is it the, the wise man watches the smart man make the mistake and doesn't make the mistake at all that Ooh. they say so you got to be able to identify that way and then of course Apologize when you're wrong, I think that's the biggest thing. Never feel as if you're too big to go and apologize. I think that's very large as well. And then of course, you have to be able to seek feedback because I think that's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. that um, people who are truly accountable are able to do because of course you need the emotional awareness, and stuff like that. But if you feel like nobody can tell you about yourself, nobody can talk to you and tell you when you're fucking up, you'll never be able to hold yourself accountable because you're not even letting other people hold you accountable. It's one thing to hold yourself accountable. If you can't let other people hold you accountable, then how are you ever gonna be accountable?
0: I think a big part of it too is like, people are in denial a little bit Mm -hmm. because the truth is a painful thing. Right. So people don't wanna face the truth, so they'd rather live in their delusion because it's, it's safe there, right? It's safe in a safe space. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about the truth. Let's say you're out of shape. Let's say you're, you're uh, broke. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, I'm broken out of shape. You want to live in your delusion of like, everything's okay. Let me turn on my Netflix, mm-hmm. let me put on my show and let me ignore the world's problems. Yep. Because addressing those problems is a big deal. It's difficult, it's hard. But you have no other choice if you want to live a good life. You really don't. I said something actually, and this is a weird thing. And this might just be the universe working. I find that I make so much more money when I work out. Mm -hmm. Two seemingly unrelated things. But when I go to the gym, I just make so much more money. And I don't know why that is. I have no explanation for it. But I just know if I go to the gym today, the end result will be I will make more money. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I can't explain it, but it just happens. And it's part of like the intrinsic value of the universe. It sees me working hard and it rewards me. Monetarily, And I, I can't explain, like I said, you could go into the science and be like, maybe it's just because you feel better and your work ethic is better and your brain's sharper because you're working out. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the case because I'm not doing anything different. But the fact of the matter is, I'm just working more and I'm getting reward out of it.
1: When you work out, what's the goal when you work out? Like when you go to the gym, do you have something in your mind that says, all right, I'm going to the gym and I'm going to try to, whether it find out your max or perhaps see what your limits may be. Or no, you know what
0: motivates me more than anything at the gym? It's not even being strong. I don't care mm-hmm. to be strong. Like, strong guys are cool, but I I don't try to be strong. I think my thing is like, how sexy can I be? My goal, my ultimate goal for the gym is like, how sexy can I look? How -hmm. sexy can I be? Because if you think about it, would you rather be the the big, the strongest man in the world? Or would you rather be the, the strongest man in the world or the guy that won the physique competition?
1: Oh, definitely the physique would competition. Right? Without because I
0: look at the strong, the strongest guys in the world, and they're kind of like they have a big belly. They're real big, yes, strong guys. Current, yeah, power lifters and yeah,
1: power lifters, strong man competitions.
0: And I was like, that's cool, but like, I don't need to be that strong. Like, when the fuck am I ever going to need to lift a car? <laughs> right. In the real world, I'm like, oh no, baby under the car, let me lift it. Like, it never happens. Right. But you know how many times I'm going to take my shirt off mm-hmm. and just like flex on someone? If I see someone I don't like, I'm like my enemy. If I see my enemy somewhere in the street, I just take my shirt off. Like, yeah.
1: You think that's enough to slow them down? I mean if they're your enemy. What enemy in what what aspect? Like you like, think enemy in like business or enemy in like
0: any any aspect. It doesn't matter. So just
1: take off your shirt, bam. Ah, I, oh, I can't. Yeah. The abdominals. Say, mm. No, because
0: then he'll look at me and be like, damn, he's buffer than me. He looks better than me. And like now what they're if your more buff? Head. Then what? That's the point. So that's why I need to- That's why ah, I need to, Okay, for. all that's right. Why I'm
1: so maybe, because I'm trying to see if I can unpack how there's a correlation between the gym and then ultimately with you working and making more money. Because ultimately if you're working towards the goal of l- more sexiness, right? That's all well more sexiness. You're in the gym oh, to get sexy, right? Then you're working so you can make money. Money also is attributed with the sexiness. Yeah. So ultimately I think maybe it could be you go to the gym in an effort to go and get more sexy. But the money also is an effort to get more sexy. So ultimately, the goal for the gym and money both to get more sexy. Perhaps that's what the Ooh, co- connection
0: is. Bam! Psychology. Yeah. Right? No. Right. So the way I see it, I think every guy should aspire to be Batman. Right. You should aspire to be Batman. If there's
1: any superhero,
0: buff. You, you got should know no powers. Fight. You should make money. Mm-hmm. You should be charming, because like Batman's like the ultimate human as like a man. Like you right. just become Batman, bro. If I can become Batman. Listen, my life, all your problems will be fixed. What problems, I guess you have dead parents if you're Batman. Well, yeah,
1: right? I mean, everybody. At one point, you can't escape death. There's nobody who's been alive forever. Fair. Like, there's an omnipresent human, I, I'd love to meet them. So What's at some secret? point, I
0: will be Batman. Mm.
1: Perhaps, sometimes. who knows, <laughs> you could find some something in, in, in the future they might make some some sort of pill or something maybe you might make the pill yeah. where you're able to live forever i don't know maybe take some blood from like the the presidents of the world because all of their parents live until they're about 90 or something of that nature like That's it's ridiculous. Crazy. i was looking at the Isn't um joe not, biden like 90 no he's um eight no is he how old is he i think he's 80 now joe biden's what 80 81 8 80
0: 70 78 79 dave's gonna look it up
1: no he might be 74 yeah. Oh, he's 80. 80. Well, there it is. Yeah, he's 80 years. He's been around since the depression. Well, not really. It <laughs> after, after the depression. The current one, or the? One? Yeah. Well, he's been through a few. He's been through a few. He looks confused, yeah. so he doesn't know. For him, it's just <laughs> this
0: Throwback Thursday. He's like, Yo, man, I miss the good old days. Let me turn America right as it is. <laughs> Who? Let go. me turn it back to how it was back in my day. Right? It's
1: crazy. The old and they're individuals are old out here. Um, I forget where I was going with it. You know what
0: I was gonna say? You know what's crazy? Some people are older than like fucking the internet. Yes, and they're older than like like. For me, it's gonna be a trip when I go to my kids. I'm gonna be like, I am older than the internet. Right
1: and to you know a what? particular degree, yeah. You're older than social media, at least. Definitely I'm older, older than social than media because Queen Elizabeth, she was born in 26. She was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was either her or the prior owner of the lines. They were both. Oh, no, I think Queen Elizabeth. Yes. And also Prince Charles before he died. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not Charles. Um, Prince Philip before he died. He um, the both of them were older than sliced bread because apparently sliced bread had began, I think, in 20, 1927 or 20, so they were older than sliced Bro, bread. That's how the incredible.
0: how are you older than sliced bread? First of all, like, what yeah. did they just not slice bread back in the day? They just ate the loaf? They're like, oh, yeah, look at <laughs> that the That was, I remember, <laughs> <that, laughs> when, <laughs> I, when <laughs> I Googled yo. it, I'm like, so what What were y'all eating? Like, because knives existed. Hey, yo, the dude who ever invented sliced bread snapped, they were like, they got bread, and they were like, man, let me just...
1: Exactly, oh! exactly. Because, you know, it's funny, even when they say, oh, the, the wheel cars because when the Model T and all the other cars there was a video it was on Twitter I saw when they had the um evolution of um Mercedes vehicles right I don't know if it 1949 or 1959 is when they started to change the um the aesthetic of it from what looked like those like wagoned cars into what we see today and they different variations and growing from there and I always thought with innovation like what goes through their mind when you're the first person to do something Mm -hmm. right like the person who although it's left field who was the first person who invented well not invented but discovered masturbation like how did that work <laughs> how'd that happen
0: but i so i think with that that's like a natural human thing no
1: it's a negative because would you naturally just because I, 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 no, I, I have dogs that do it
0: they just really doing, yeah dog dogs, masturbators they be licking themselves up
1: oh uh, i figured they were just doing that to clean themselves
0: Amen. Hey, man listen, Perhaps, if, you, I mean, if you're hey. looking down there you cleaning yourself you, well fair you? enough i mean dogs apparently
1: somebody had told me dogs just really like being dirty I don't know if, I don't know if it's just- Yeah, the, no,
0: it's to hide their scent. So my puppy- Right, up, that's remember? what it yeah. was.
1: That's what it was. To yeah, hide their scent.
0: To hide his scent from predators. Mm. You because know, I got a little dog in, in the streets. He get, you know, messed up. So he, he'll like roll around so he could hide his scent. No one will find him because we make him smell like perfume and he smells good. Ah. So he doesn't like that very much. He wants to be hidden. He <laughs> don't want to be a bitch ass dog. So <laughs> just <going> be- <laughs> no, but, but listen, my dog is a bitch ass dog, though. Mm-hmm. Like he's the biggest pussy ever. Like, I don't know. We were in Brazil and we seen some street dogs. These are the ones that are all dirty. They're like cracked out. They move like this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they look at you. They bite. They're like street dogs. They survive Shit. off anything. Mm-hmm. Right. My dog, you, you got to give him the right water. Otherwise, he starts getting allergies. Oh, good God. <laughs> so you got a bougie dog you know yeah that's why but that's how people are nowadays too anyways fair enough
1: fair enough just sparkling water
0: yeah they need Um, sparkling water
1: smart water essential alkaline you
0: if you walk into a nice restaurant anywhere in miami everyone's extremely soft Mm. extremely soft like for me it's still a trip right because i have money now so when they come on they're like oh what kind of water and i'm like tap and they look at me like i'm poor they're like
1: yeah they tap? might just kick you out of the, out of the location wa- yeah
0: the tap water you share i'm like tap I'm like okay all right
1: like, but you have you have tap water with a ribeye steak yeah I like get the most <laughs>
0: expensive steak but tap water mm-hmm. yeah so it's like crazy because some people walk in and be like can i get a still sparkling still uh can i get both actually some a lot of people will do both can i get still sparkling it's crazy
1: interesting interesting tap water with a porterhouse steak or tomahawk steak
0: there's a spot here how long are you in miami for
1: um well tomorrow
0: tomorrow yeah. wait there's a spot here coat right here down the street mm-hmm. fucking amazing bro oh nice You are gonna go to a steakhouse it's expensive mm. but it's fucking it's great
1: i've had tomahawk steak i had porterhouse no this is like you get Reebok. little pieces but they, they bring little you, pieces uh, they cook it in front of you oh
0: really yeah nice. it's good it's like it's like it's gonna run you up you're gonna spend like a thousand bucks but mm
1: they like, can't go wrong with good steak. it's
0: it's as far as steaks go they bring you the best cuts of meat in the world mm. in the world they ship it from japan they have wagyu they ship oh, it shit, from I mean japan wagyu. not american they bring it from japan so if you're gonna take your girl out coat right here if you can get a reservation
1: bet It's mm. a good idea I might it's have definitely to look like into that. when
0: i say it's literally some of the best cuts of meat in the entire planet mm. it's fucking amazing Bet, say
1: less. About the coat coat so like, I'll look into that. I'll definitely yeah. look into that. It's I'll good. take a, accountability. I'll look accountability into that and I'll go find because, of course, I think there's the last step, of course, as it pertains to taking accountability is setting goals, taking action, right? Because we've talked about this ad nauseum. The,
0: the segue is Where, crazy. Right, right, right. right, right ADHD failed to connect that. Right, right. A, a stake is accountability.
1: Right, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's of course. the final step. Because it's multiple different cuts, right? But at yeah. the end of the day, you're going to get yourself a magnificent product. Ooh. And ultimately, with accountability, there's multiple yeah. different aspects, but you'll get a product at the end, which is true, I accountability need to be so across bad. the Yeah, you up. go take a piss. Let All me right. talk to the people. I'll take a piss. <laughs> to <smile. laughs> the people. Right. So essentially, uh. this is what you want to do as it pertains to accountability. Right. You want to be able to own your mistakes and also you want to be able to learn from your mistakes. These are two crucial, crucial, crucial parts of being able to take accountability. But above all else, right, not just seeking feedback or being able to accept feedback from the masses, being able to apologize when you're wrong, and of course, being able to have some form of self-reflection. The biggest, the biggest part of accountability is being able to set goals and then take action. Be a man of your word. Be a woman of your word. Don't be somebody who's out here selling lip service. That's ridiculous. I'm gonna go out here and do 50 push ups every single day for a month. All of a sudden, month five, or I should say day five, you've now stopped hitting the floor. Push the floor. You said you were gonna do it, right? You see, yourself every single day. You cannot allow yourself to look yourself in the mirror and be a failure. You said you were gonna do something, go ahead and do it. There's no problem in failing, but there's no honor in not trying. You gotta be out there going 110% if you're gonna hold yourself accountable, all right? So make sure you hold yourself accountable every single day. It's important. You'll never be able to move past your childhood traumas, your adulthood traumas, whatever the case may be if you don't hold yourself accountable. You have to be able to take control of your life. You understand what I'm saying? This is big, it's very important. It's incredibly important. But now, you, you take a moment to, to talk about your self-accountability journey, right? What is it that you had to do to get yourself to this point here as it pertains to just accountability? What was one big thing that you said, ah, I gotta cut this out, because this is a caveat, this is holding me down, this is an anchor.
0: I think for me, I'm a big seeker of cheap dopamine, like everyone else. Right. And naturally, you're gonna gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. So the way I see it, anything that is way too enjoyable, I will cut it out of my life. Mm-hmm. I like to live in the, the mud, mm-hmm. you know? If I'm having fun with something, I cut it out of my life. Let's say I go and get a nice steak, cut it out of my life. I can't, I will refuse to eat something good every single day because it's just too enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Or I'll refuse to not work out because it's too enjoyable. I'll refuse to, to, I don't know, have too much sex because it's too enjoyable. I will cut anything that's too enjoyable out of my life because anything that you do too, way too much, it's not gonna be good for you. Right. Um, I think that's a big part of it because then you're forced to do something else that's not as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're, you're, where normally throughout the day, I'd be watching TV. Too enjoyable, uh, replace it with something else. I'll go on my computer and I'll start working. I'll go to the gym and start working. Mm-hmm. Once I replace that with something that's... Once I replace something enjoyable with something that's not enjoyable, the quality of your life starts to change. Then you start getting used to doing things that are not enjoyable it becomes part of your routine. And then from there, I mean, as far as accountability, at the end of the day, you really just have to ask yourself what kind of life you want. Mm-hmm. I feel like all this advice we're giving is cliche, right. which is why it's frustrating, but it's just literally just the truth. Right. You know, and you, you can't really give any other advice other than that. Like, that's really what it is.
1: 100%, and I really like that as it pertains to take away something that you're really enjoying and then replace it with something that perhaps you're not enjoying. Just in that retrospect, you're in a spot where, okay, this is is making me feel this way, and it feels amazing, but it's now neglecting what is it you want to do? Because it's not like, all right, life is great, you're doing everything you have to do, and now all of a sudden you no longer want to do something that you enjoy. No, if your life is not so great, and you're lacking heavily in like, whether it be your business, your fitness, your relationship, whatever the case is, something has got to be sacrificed. So what are yeah. you willing to give up to go up, right? For me, my biggest thing that I always looked at and said, all right, I've got to make sure that I'm on cue has been procrastination. I'll say, all right, I'll do something. And then although I would do it, I wouldn't do it in a particular kind of time frame. So I'd say, okay, if I'm procrastinating, I'm not on top of myself. When I said I was going to be on top of myself, I got to give something up. So, all right, cool. Um, what is the punishment? I would tell myself, all right, I can't go to sleep until I do about 500 push ups if I don't do this thing. I may enjoy doing push ups, but guess what? It's 11 o'clock now. So if I don't get this thing done by You're this particular time, when I know, and I won't set something that's completely crazy. Like, all right, I'll just finish this entire project in one hour, that's crazy. But yeah. if I told myself in the beginning of the day, hey, I was gonna get this accomplished, and I procrastinated all day, now I'm looking at the, the clock like, oh, wait a minute, I got one hour to get this thing done. Mm-hmm. or I'm gonna have to hit the floor, and I'm, can't go to sleep until i do this thing so you have to find a way to hold yourself you know what's a penalty that you can put over there yeah. so that now with procrastination i've worked my way towards a point where i don't procrastinate as much anymore there's still moments in which i do and i punish myself for that but you have to figure out a way to do that and i agree with you with saying I think, things are cliche but of course you know this is i think a, a I big
0: thing too i think one really big takeaway people can take from this you should get someone that's accountable with you. Right. Because self-accountability accountability is hard a little bit because let's say someone says, I'm gonna punish myself, but guess what? They're like, nah, I'm not. They yeah. just don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. The second that you just stop being accountable to yourself and you have no one else to hold you accountable, you're done. So a big part for everyone is like, find someone else to hold you accountable. Let's say you're, I don't know, living with your brother and your brother's telling you, hey, you gotta do this because I'm gonna do this, mm-hmm. right? And if someone else is doing, you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it too. The second that you're by yourself and there's no one else to hold you accountable, it's easy to fall off, it's easy to give up. So in order to be the most accountable, I think having an accountability group, Mm -hmm. an environment, something like that, that's when you can crush it.
1: That's big, find like-minded people. And I tell everybody just one thing, right? There's probably, we could close on this, but there's one thing that I would want the people to go out there and do, right? Either, Either if you're a extrovert, introvert, amnivert, whatever the case may be, Talk to somebody new every single day. I'm not talking super in-depth conversation or anything of that nature, but just talk to somebody new every single day. If you're somebody where you wanna start something or you wanna break out of your shell, you wanna step out of your comfort zone, that's the easiest thing you can do. You're walking down the street, hi, how are you doing, whatever. But don't, don't like just, oh, well, I waved at somebody, I'm good for the day. Just something small, you start somewhere small and then you'll be able to build from there and you'll never know. You can find that person who can now connect you with that network that you've been yearning for your entire life that yeah. can turn your life around, whether that's going out there and aiding you in overcoming the childhood trauma, or it can aid you in taking accountability for your life, business, relationship, whatever the case may be. These are things that are incredibly integral to your personal growth. Yeah, 110%, Mabby. man. But.
0: You nailed it.
1: Oh, yeah, so it's, somebody gotta tell him, you know? Hey
0: man, you snapped this episode. This is the Chisel the Adonis episode.
1: Oh, I, I thank you. I, you, thank
0: you snapped on this one. Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's a Macho Man Randy Savage shirt. It's mm. the macho mm. Man Randy Savage shirt. You but nevertheless, ready. I am the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, agacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical, individual, the the He is a serial entrepreneur, Filipino prince tycoon, Rene Lacard, and this is We Are Assiduous. Woo! I'm mm-hmm.